Welcome to Opera Out of the Box, unpacking opera piece by piece. I'm your host, Brad Cresswell, and in the studio with me today are Toledo Opera's Kevin Bilsma and Doris Piercefield. And on the phone, we have one of the cast members of Toledo Opera's upcoming production of Romeo and Juliet. That would be Sydney Outlaw. Sydney, I have a fanfare to welcome you. Hang on. It's very fitting. It's very fitting. I hear the brass, and I thought, maybe you did that. It sounds like something from the medieval times during the the Tudor dynasty. A lot of black musicians came from North Africa, and they were Henry VIII's um, court musicians. And what was interesting was they played the trumpet and the fanfare for him when he walked in, and he loved them so much, he paid them the normal ways that they would pay anybody... um, that had that job during the Tudor dynasty. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I, I feel like I should just turn over the hosting <laughs> reins to you <laughs> right now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were singing the role of Mercutio. How do you say that? Mercutio, I guess? Mercutio. Mercutio. Merc- Mercutio. 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 You're performing the role of Mercutio. <laughs> It might be easier in French. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, what is it in French? Mercutio. 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 Yeah, I think I got yeah. it now. Yeah, that's good. So you're performing the role of Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet. Oh, my goodness. That is the opera by Charles Gounod. It's happening February 16th, which is a Friday night at 7.30 p.m. And Sunday the 18th at 2 p.m. That's a matinee performance. It's happening at the Valentine Theater. Just in time for Valentine's Day, yeah? yeah. Also yeah. also Lent, if you <laughs> observe <laughs> Lent. So, you know, romance yeah. and regret, it's the perfect combination, right, for Romeo and Juliet. Absolutely. We have 40 days to get our lives together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, final dress is Ash Wednesday, so it's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> we, we all know the story, right? Romeo and Juliet, the boy meets girl, yeah. the star-crossed lovers, they die, et cetera, et cetera. So, Sydney, where does Mercutio come into the mix? Well, um, first of all, Mercutio is a close friend of Romeo. Um, he's also related to Prince um, Aeschylus and, I believe, Count Paris. Um, and so he has the ability to kind of run about between both of those houses, you know, Um and I, he was invited to the party, you know. Uh, he's also, I would say he's carefree, you know, um, mm-hmm. a free spirit in that way. Uh, actually, he's one of Romeo's closest friends. Um, he's very protective of Romeo. You know, he gets a death threat from Tybalt, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they got beef, as the kids say today, you know. <laughs> and, and so he he's what my students would call Romeo's ace. Hmm. which means like his best friend. Let's get to know you a little bit better. Um, I remember your amazing performance with Toledo Symphony a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, you remember. The uh, day, the day before. Yeah, the day before. we the day wow. before we went into lockdown. Like they flew me home after that performance, and then all of a sudden they were like, okay, everybody, y'all just in the house. Like, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> wow. 
Well, I, I've got music for you, and I want you to tell us your story a little bit. So talk about maybe when you were young, when you first got turned on the opera, and, and what led you to become an opera singer. Um, you've got a choice here. There's one story music, kind of melancholy. Okay, okay. let's stop that. Here, here's the second one. <laughs> okay. They're they're well, that's both very that's that's very uh, Creedence Clearwater. I'll take the second one. <laughs> okay, the second one. Here we go. All right, let's hear from you, Sydney Outlaw. Picture it, <laughs> a young neophyte in the back hills of North Carolina, and I always say I was born in the '80s, but I'm a child of the '90s, and and I grew up. Uh, with musicians, uh, my mom and on my mom's side of the family were all musicians and church musicians. So I grew up in church, um, singing in the choir, my mom's choirs and things like that, my grandmother's choirs, whether I wanted to or not. And um, that's where I developed a lot of flexibility in my voice and, and really just being able to be carefree with that type of a thing. And so um, it, it's... Uh, I grew up in band, I grew up in orchestra, I grew up musically, <clears throat> and I spent the first 18 years of my life, well what am I talking about, I'm 42 now, I spent yeah. the last 42 years of my life studying music. Um, as I get older, I find it harder to find that time to sit down and really delve into music, so I have to set hard boundaries. Uh, so that I'm able to do that. Uh, but I grew up in church. I grew up, I had great teachers. Um, I had great teachers in high school, Miss Shoemate, who is still with us. She is still alive. Dr. Palmer, who is my orchestra teacher, he taught me how to read music. Um, Joan Yarbrough was my piano teacher. These people are still alive. And mm. I come from a small enough town that my mother and father still see them in the grocery store. Wow. Uh, yeah, these people are still alive um, and still doing well. And I just had great teachers. And so I, my first voice teacher, after my voice dropped, you know, <laughs> I had a voice teacher by the name of Dr. Julie Fortney. And I studied with Dr. Fortney from 10th grade until I got ready to go to college. And she set me up at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro with one of her dear friends and colleagues, uh, who was LaVon Tobin Scott, who to this day is still my mentor. Mm. Um, Mrs. Scott, to me, is like Yoda was to <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well. Not Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> not Luke Skywalker, but Obi-Wan Kenobi. I love that you were um, able to bring Star Wars into this discussion. <laughs> 100%. Most of my students at Manhattan School of Music love Star Wars, so I always try to find a way to incorporate it because I want to connect with them, and that connection always usually works. But um, I'm still very much in touch with Miss Scott to the point to where I spoke to her yesterday. Wow. And uh, she advises me professionally sometimes. She advises me as a teacher, even though I have been teaching collegiately for 12 years now. Um, I still talk to Miss Scott about how to handle certain situations that might be new. And uh, Miss Scott prepared me and really taught me how to sing at UNC Greensboro. And I moved to New York in 2004, uh, where I studied with Steve Smith. 
and uh, Dr. Bob White at Juilliard. And um, in the summers, I studied with Marilyn Horn and Warren Jones uh, and Montserrat Caballé sometimes after Music Academy of the West. <laughs> so my lineage is, the genes in my musical lineage is, are very strong and, and the people, the support team, not even the support team, they are the roots under my tree. Mm. Um, um, and I am just in awe that they still are supportive of me and still have not given up on me as an artist because it does get harder to be, uh, to feel appreciated as you age in this industry, at least from my perspective, um, feel appreciated and feel heard. That's why I am grateful to Toledo Opera for thinking of me for the opportunity to come and perform and I'm always looking at, at way of ways to grow as an artist and to do uh, new things but also to do a more mature version of things that I've done in the past um, I seem to like to do Romeo and Juliet during election years <laughs> yeah so we blame you right <laughs> yeah the last time I did it was 2016 uh, for the uh, and and it was with Madison Opera and I had such a wonderful experience there and um, so here we are again and and I'm just uh, I'm I'm here you know and I'm interested to do a more mature version of Mercutio. I've lived a lot since 2016 and I've discovered a lot about myself uh, as a musician. Uh, but even more so as an artist um, who does not sing opera for that's not my only bread and butter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so my perspective is different than it was in 2016 when I was not teaching as much. I was teaching at Queens College then. But it's definitely more of a balance now, and, and so um, I'm interested to see what Mercutio has to teach me now where I am in my growth, in my journey as an artist. That's so interesting, and I don't think people are necessarily aware, but... Just one of the things that you touched on were the myriad of teachers that you've had and still have in your career. A lot of people think that, you know, an opera singer just goes out and sings and they do what they do and they have a career, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't consider the fact that a lot of people such as yourself still have ears on you. You still have people that you trust telling you what is good and what is wrong, you know, the wrong path. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that. Um, I speak with some of my colleagues, my best friend, Thomas Cannon, who's also a baritone. Um, and I, I speak to Thomas and some other friends about that all the time. A lot of people think because I work, we work as professional artists consistently and things like that, that we don't need mentorship anymore. And, mm. and one thing that I keep saying is that I need mentorship. I still want to be mentored. I still want to learn. You know, I still want to be a student. I don't want to be a situation where I come in and say, 
oh, I've done this before and I want to do it the same way. Um, I still need that, me personally, I still need that mentorship. I still need to be in a position to where I'm not in the leadership position so that I can learn and process and then bring what I learned back to the classroom and teach the next generation. Because otherwise, I'm just teaching the same thing year after year, and that's boring. Yeah. That's well. boring. And so I do, me personally, I adore my teachers and my coaches. Warren Jones is the rock of Gibraltar to me. <laughs> mm. um, he is. Warren Jones is the rock of Gibraltar. I have a, a friend who is addiction specialist. Her name is Jocelyn Duick. She is a wheel in the middle of a wheel. I can call Jocelyn and ask her a language question. She could easily be a part of the Biden administration as an interpreter or some type of a linguist of some sort. You know, um, I have great colleagues here at MSM on the voice faculty who have had wonderful careers that I'm able to talk to about not only things in academia because they've been teaching for a while, but also how they navigated their careers when they were my age and they were balancing both. Um, and I'm grateful to my colleagues here at MSM for that because that to me is a mentor type, mentorship type thing. And I'm grateful to, to all of them um, for that. Uh, I appreciate that. I, I do. I appreciate that. Um, thank you for sharing so much uh, of what goes into your artistry with us. I want to get back to Romeo and Juliet because that mm -hmm. is the topic of the day. And I've got three different quizzes here. I don't know if you've oh, ever, no. <laughs> ever <laughs> participated in a quiz before, Sydney, but I have the three different quizzes. One is a Shakespeare play quiz. They're each 10 questions and they're multiple choice to make it a little easier. So there's okay. a, a Shakespeare play quiz, there's a Guno opera quiz. And there's a Romeo and Juliet in pop culture quiz. Which one of those three would you like to do, Sydney? Mm. I love Shakespeare plays. Yeah. I love Gounod. I think I want to do the Romeo and Juliet uh, uh, pop culture quiz. Okay. Because it might be a hybrid of both. Ooh. Um, Good plot. It might be a hybrid of both, but I'm also interested in maybe answering a couple of questions from the other ones if I can. Okay, well, let's go through the pop culture quiz, and you give us your answer, and we'll see if you're right or not, okay? I'm going to get a little music here. <laughs> okay, this is the Leroy Anderson knockoff here. Yeah. All right, first question. Which of these TV shows features a parody of Romeo and Juliet where former adversaries become friends and their kids fall in love? Is it A, The Simpsons? Is it B, Family Guy? Or is it C, South Park? A, B, or C? What do you say, Sydney? Oh. B. Uh, B, as in boy? It was actually A. The Simpsons. Hey, it's The Simpsons. Okay. Well, you know what? I never, I never watched The Simpsons on Sunday nights. I'm a kid of the '90s. I watched Martin and Living Single and In Living Color. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we know. Second question: Which of these songs features a reference to Romeo and Juliet, where the singer compares himself to Romeo and his lover to Juliet? Is it 
uh, Check Yes Juliet by We the Kings? Is it Love Story by Taylor Swift? Or is it Grenade by Bruno Mars? A, B, oh or C. Yeah, these are kind of hard. These are hard, Brad. I don't listen to any of these artists. <laughs> well, take a guess. Know, the, more, the more likely person it might be is Bruno Mars. Yeah. So I'll say You're right. Yep. Grenade by Bruno yep. Mars. Okay, which of these films features a twist on Romeo and Juliet where the lovers are vampires from rival clans? Is it A, Twilight, B, Underworld, or C, Blade? A, B, or C? A is an apple. A is an apple. Twilight? No! <laughs> It's actually it's, right. it's actually B. It's Underworld, if you've ever seen is that. Is it really? Okay. No, I hadn't seen that. Yeah. But I think there's a, a sort of a Romeo and Juliet vibe going on in the Twilight series, mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Dora says no. Dora says no. Not at all. <laughs> tell us, tell us. No, not at all. Not at all. There's, It's not two vampires from two different families that fall in love with each other. She's actually oh, yeah, mortal. Well, no, there. But that's not where she's from. She's a mortal. He is a vampire, and they're the ones that have fallen in love. So it doesn't have anything oh, to right. do with yes. And the wolf is just that's just extra fighting in the <laughs> scenes. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that's right. She was. She was a mortal. That's she right. was a mortal. That's correct. Okay, I take everything back then. <laughs> the mortal okay. could be the Capulet, and the. the vampire could be a Montague. Should have had you do this quiz, Doris. I know, that's the one I wanted. <laughs> uh, okay. Well then, if you hear Sydney say the wrong answer, just let us know. Okay. okay. Alright. Which of these books features a retelling of Romeo and Juliet where the lovers are teenagers from different high school cliques? It's a book. Is it Eleanor and Park? Is it The Fault in Our Stars? Or is it Flipped? A, B, or C? Oh my goodness, I don't know that one at all. I don't either. Well, 30% chance. Uh, A. You chose A. The answer is C. C. The answer is Flipped by Wendelin Fondrenen. Not that that makes a difference (laughs) to anybody. Young adult fiction is my category. Which of these musicals features a variation of Romeo and Juliet where the lovers are from different tribes? Is it Cats, The Lion King, or SpongeBob SquarePants, the Broadway musical? A, B, or C? A, B, or C? You know what? I hadn't seen Cats since the Clinton administration. <laughs> and, and The Lion King, too. Um, and I've never seen SpongeBob, but if my nephew Ethan was here... I get this question right. So I'm going to make a guess at it and say A. A, cats? That's right. Yay. Yeah. I don't know the SpongeBob SquarePants musical either, but I assume that it it safely doesn't have. <laughs> I hear it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm, yeah. Okay, which of these comics features an homage to Romeo and Juliet where the lovers are superheroes from different teams? Is it Civil War, Kingdom Come, or Saga? A, B, or C? Civil War as in uh, the Avengers? Well, I don't think it's MCU, but... Um, 
Yeah, I think they have a shared title. Where the lovers are superheroes from different teams. I mean, does that fit into the Avengers? Let me think. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, I don't think so because Natasha was in love with the Hulk and they were on the same team. Um... And what were the other two choices? <laughs> okay, you have Civil War or Kingdom Come or Saga. I don't know any of the second two. The <laughs> only Saga I know is Star Wars. Ah, nice. I'll let you uh, win just for that. It's actually A. <laughs> yeah. Civil War. It's A. It's A. It's Civil War. Now, I'm going to be thinking about that all day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all run to the internet after this. Which, exactly. Yeah. Which of these games feature a nod to Romeo and Juliet, where the lovers are spies from opposing factions? Is it Spy versus Spy? Is it Team Fortress 2? Or is it No One Lives Forever? They're all video oh games. Oh my goodness, where is my nephew Perry when I need him? <laughs> well, where is one of my students when I need them? Where is James when I need him? He would be able to answer this. A lifeline, I right? Don't know. Oh, this would be, if they were sitting in here, they I would, would win in all of these. Um, I don't know again, so I'm going to say B. B? Okay, that is incorrect. It's actually... This isn't the SAT. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, the answer is C. No one lives forever. Huh. Never heard of. Me neither. <laughs> Okay, which of these films features a spoof of Romeo and Juliet where the lovers are zombies from different groups? Is it Shaun of the Dead? That's A. Is it Zombieland? That's B. Or is it C, Warm Bodies? Um, I don't know, but I think I'll try Shaun of the Dead. Nope. <laughs> the okay, answer again was C. Yeah. Was C. What was, wait a minute, what was C again? Warm Bodies. Which is a never heard of it. A movie I've never heard of either. Yeah. I think maybe I just made that up. Okay. <laughs> which of these That's poems hilarious. which of these poems features a tribute to Romeo and Juliet where the lovers are from different races and face discrimination? Is it Harlem by Langston Hughes? Is it Sonnet eighteen by William Shakespeare? Or is it A Poison Tree by William Blake? Mm. What do you say? Harlem, Sonnet 18, or a poison tree. That would be correct. Yeah. Langston Hughes. Yeah. And the final question, which has a little bit of a sci-fi thing to it, although Star Wars is not on here. Which of these TV shows features a subversion of Romeo and Juliet where the lovers are from different dimensions and fight against an evil empire? Is it A, Star Trek? Is it B, Doctor Who? Or is it C, Fringe? A, B, or C? Oh, that, that Fringe used to come on Fox on Sunday nights at 9. Thanks, Sydney. <laughs> Go back in time. Go back in time. This is the Bush administration. <laughs> this is, uh, I would say C. Is it C? Am I wrong? Oh, my God. <laughs> fringe? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. That show used to come on all the time back in back in the day. It was like doing uh, young George Bush's presidency. I was like an undergrad at UNCG. Okay, now that we all know the details <laughs> of that. Yeah. Gets you an extra point. Yeah, an extra point. We're going to go ahead and give it to you anyway because, you know, that's what we do here. So Yay. you definitely Yay. won the quiz. 
You won the quiz. Thank Congratulations you. to you. <laughs> <laughs> I failed that quiz. Let me tell you what. Is there extra credit? Because I'm going to come in next Wednesday and retake this quiz, please. Because I need my grade to be higher. The, the extra credit is just having you on the phone with yes. us. So. Can I do something to do extra, extra credit, please? Yeah, that's all right. You're just, you know, who you are. That's extra credit enough. Um, speaking of who you are, Let's talk a little bit more about this production of Romeo and Juliet. I, I know Kevin and Doris have been sitting there, <laughs> uh, you know, quietly waiting their turn to speak. But uh, does anything that Sidney has said so far, and he said a lot about his background and about his relationship with Romeo and Juliet, is there anything that comes to mind for you that you're curious about, having heard Sidney tell his story? Well, it's interesting when we have our guest artists that come in because I really don't know very much about them other than the fact unless they've been here and I've worked with them before. But my um, experience with them is pretty short. I bring them in for fittings. I take care of their costumes, get that to fit them. And I really don't get a lot of chance to talk to them about their history or their past or their experience. So it's been, you know, it's very interesting. So when I see Sydney then I'll know a lot more about him. So that's been very interesting to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One thing, one thing that you uh, that I can just tell you now is that because I actually just got my new headshots in while we've been on the phone, um, <laughs> I have been having a journey where I've been growing my hair out in beautiful long locks. Um, they come just below my ears now. And I started it during the pandemic because I couldn't get a haircut. And I decided to go on this journey. And usually I keep them uh, braided in a way to where when I'm doing a production, it's easy to put a wig on me or either um, I will tie them down or something. So they don't normally get in the way unless the production team wants to use them, which has happened in the past. Um, and so that's something that's different about me these days is that I have this uh, this this hair. You know, it's not a, it's not crazy, it's not a lot, but I have this hair which is unusual. And now I have these pictures that I see are absolutely beautiful while I'm talking to you all on the phone right now. Well, I'm glad that we could conduct some business while you were on the <laughs> line with us. Absolutely. Doris is taking notes over there, mental <laughs> right. notes, as to what she should expect when you uh, come see us. Well, the opera, I should mention again, uh, for folks who are listening to this podcast before it happens, it's happening uh, February 16th, that's a Friday night at 7.30 p.m., and Sunday the 18th at 2 o'clock p.m. at the Valentine Theater, you can uh, get your tickets at ToledoOpera.org. This is the first time that that uh, Zach and um, Catherine have sung together, yeah? Yes, sung, yeah. yeah. They sang the final scene for one of our galas. Okay. Um, I think maybe 2018. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, we all are cut from the same clock. We're all in the same age bracket. <laughs> you know, so it'll be great to see them. I remember seeing both of them on the competition circuit back during the Obama administration. <laughs> oh, yeah, I worked as a cultural arts ambassador for the State Department um, uh, to the Republic of Chad. So a lot of my jokes have to do with who was president when I was younger. Ah, I see. <laughs> 
Well, I know that you have to leave fairly soon, Sydney. Is there anything else that you want to say about Romeo and Juliet and your experience with uh, this opera? You know, I'm just excited to do it. I love singing in the French language. Um, I remember when I was younger and Thomas Grubb actually taught me this piece. Hmm. Um, I had to sing through this role as a grade when I was in grad school. We had different projects that we had to work on, and I remember him saying, uh, Sydney, I have a project for you, and I want you to learn Mercutio, the whole role. And so I'm happy to be able to do a more mature version of this to honor uh, Thomas Grubb, who is still alive down on 72nd Street. Ain't nothing wrong with him. But to just <laughs> honor him by thanks for sitting with me and teaching me this role. Yeah, and and um, just to show my appreciation of doing a great, more mature version of it, to show my appreciation to him for taking that time with me. Well, we're looking forward to having you singing the role of Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet with Toledo Opera. Thanks so much for spending a little time talking to us today and uh, well, for thank doing you that. So much for thinking of me, I appreciate y'all. This made my day. <laughs> <laughs> Ours too, and thank you so much for uh, bearing with us during that quiz. Oh, are you kidding me? We're going to do another one, and I'm going to study. I'm a Virgo. I'm going to study, and next time. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna figure something else out. We got to do a rematch. Uh, all right, rematch I in the bring future. My grade up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate you all. I hope y'all have a great day. Stay warm. Thanks, Sydney. All right. You too. Thank you. Take care. I think I cut him off just a second <laughs> early. One other thing that really interests me about this production is that. It's not cookie cutter, right? It, it's it's not rented from somewhere as a production whole. It, it's brought together these little bits and pieces to create something unique. I wonder if, uh, well, maybe Doris, you can talk a little bit about your work in helping to create this opera, right? Yes. Um, <clears throat> our costumes that we use for our main productions are rented just because of the massive amount of costumes that there are the detail in them, it would take two or three years to actually build this. So we do rent these costumes. Um, but um, each cast is unique. The chorus is unique. These costumes are unique to this particular production. So you will never see this group of performers with these costumes on once, th once this production is over with. So it is unique, everyone that we do. What if somebody wants to use your production? <laughs> well, because we put it together ourselves, it's not really a unit. It's We get scenery from one place, props ah. from another place, costumes from another place, performers from another place. So you couldn't use our production. You maybe could record it, but I don't think that you can do yeah. that. But uh, it, you just can't do that. It's never going to be this production again, ever. Yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity for audiences to see that to see the two main characters singing together who we should mention our husband and wife correct zach borchowski and katherine lewick um they both sung at the metropolitan opera they're big stars they've been here before but have never sung in the same opera at the same time kevin i imagine you're looking forward to to seeing those two on stage oh absolutely um in fact they met on this valentine stage singing lucia de l'amour 
Ah, okay. Um, and so that's how it all started. But it makes sense. Yeah, it uh, makes sense. And they would come back here. And and for this is actually a role debut for Katie as well. She's it's oh, the first time okay. she's doing Juliet. So not only first time that they're singing together in this opera, but first time she's debuting the role. Well, for some singers, I mean, Toledo Opera has kind of been the place where they try a role out mm-hmm. and then go take it to the Met or wherever, you know, someplace in Europe. Um, what, is, what are the advantages of working in a slightly smaller house like Toledo as far as the music goes for you, Kevin? Well, you can take more chances. <laughs> you know, if you're going to uh, premiere a role at the Metropolitan Opera, there's there's a certain stigma that's involved. You know, that's the, the height of, of opera in many people's minds, not only in this country, but in the world. But in, in Toledo, because we take... A, a, a nice rehearsal process. We, we rehearse for two and a half weeks that uh, people who are trying out roles for the first time get to live in the role. They get to to experience you know, not just the understanding of the, the vocal needs of the role, but also the, the uh, difficulty of the drama. Mm. And, um, and so rehearsal is something that we actually relish and, and try to spend as much time creating and um, I think that in, in, I mean, we also try to make it as safe an atmosphere as possible. Everyone feels welcome. Everyone feels that their artistry is valid. And uh, we make a big point. I, I learned years ago, one of the first maestros I ever played for, he was saying, so if you ever are in charge of hiring singers, realize that you have to pick people that will get along together and that you can stand to be with for three weeks at a time. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and it's a, that was a little harsh, but, yeah. but there, there is that. You, you try to find people that you know are going to work well together, that are going to play well together. And when that happens, it's just utter magic. Yeah. Yeah, all the stars align as they it were. Align. And you know, we're we're lucky with the Valentine Theater that's a smaller house and that the <clears throat> the orchestra is so much uh in the pit under the stage that um singers feel that they are singing to each individual in the, you know, 850 seat house. Yeah. It, it's an intimate experience it really, is. even with the grandest of operas which Gounod is known for for writing. Um Doris, let me ask you, what have been, how, how does this production compare with other productions that you've done? I mean, as far as the amount of work that you had to do to bring it together. This particular opera is huge, and I knew it would be coming into it as far as the costuming is concerned. Um, just the amount of, the men's costumes are not too bad as far as getting them to fit, but the ladies' costumes all have double skirts, which means there's an outer skirt and an underskirt that has to be hemmed and fit. Um, The tops are more like a corset-type top, which is extremely fitted. So I am currently working on those right now, but I knew going in, that because I have done Romeo and Juliet before with the Toledo Opera, that it was going to be quite a workload for me to get this all done. So. Yeah. Are you doing it all by yourself? I am. I am. Yes, I was was there all day yesterday. I'm going to the offices today. I actually have a sewing studio set up in the offices. Um, I have Kevin's office <laughs> that becomes my I sacrifice becomes my sewing studio during a production. Sewing machine and everything is all set up in there. Um, the costumes are there because these costumes are so big and so heavy that I can't transport them to my house. Wow. Um, they just weigh way too much. I mean, to the fact of breaking hangers. 
um, wow. when when we're when I'm putting them on the racks, taking them off of the racks. If I'm not extremely careful, and if I don't support the hangers, we I snapped at least four or five hangers. That's how much these costumes uh-huh. weigh. Mm-hmm. Is there a hanger budget? <laughs> <laughs> we um, have extras. We'll, we'll have to check on that. <laughs> well, let's go to another quiz and. I, I know that Doris, you wanted to do the pop quiz, but I have <laughs> I have a Shakespeare play quiz and I have the Guno opera quiz, and I'm thinking that I, I can open this up to both of you, right? You can you can say. I think I want the Shakespeare play one because yeah. I don't know as much about opera as what Kevin. I don't know that much about Guno opera. <laughs> <laughs> let me get let me get. Well, the Guno has I a lot too. of French. <laughs> it, can we do this as a team? <laughs> yeah, a tag team. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if you default, if you don't know the answer, you can reach out to Kevin. Okay, okay. okay. He'll All be right. your lifeline and vice versa, okay? I'll try. Let me, let me get a little Shakespearean music up here. Okay, this one is easy, Doris. What is the name of the family that Romeo belongs to? Is it Capulet, is it Montague, or is it Paris? Is he a Capulet, a Montague, or a Paris? B. B, Montague? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, did you give her the answer? No, no. No, okay. You already knew that. Yeah, okay. Okay, good job. We're off to a good start, there right? There you go. <laughs> okay, what is the name of the potion that Juliet drinks to fake her death? Is it nightshade, hemlock, or distilled liquor? A, B, or C? B? The answer is oh. C, actually. Oh, really? Distilled liquor, yeah. Wow, that's not very poisonous, is it? I, I don't know. Asleep, you know. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, what is the name of the friar who helps Romeo and Juliet? Is it Friar Lawrence, Friar John, or Friar Tuck? A, B, or C? C. Friar Tuck? Yeah, no. <laughs> friar Tuck oh. is Robin Hood. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Wrong story. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the answer would be Friar Lawrence. Okay. okay. What is the name of the town where Romeo goes after being banished from Verona? Is it Mantua, is it Padua, or is it Venice? A, B, or C? And I'll give you a clue. Also, uh, one of the great tenor arias is from a character who is a duke of this principality. Would it be C? It, no. It, no? It would be A, oh. Mantua. Okay. Mantua. Okay. What is the name of the woman that Romeo loves before he meets Juliet? Is it A, Olivia, B, Rosalind, or Rosaline, and C, Viola? B. A, B, or C. You chose B. That is correct. I think you're doing pretty well, Doris. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good at guessing. What kind of sword uh, does Romeo use to kill Tybalt? Is it a dagger, a rapier, or a scimitar? A, B, or C? Now, this is kind of an armorer question, a costuming question. I'm going to say A. A A dagger? Uh, Try again. (laughs) B? B is correct, yes. <laughs> I don't think it let me hear out of scimitar. <laughs> a rapier, right? Okay, what is the name of the nurse's daughter who died young? Is it A, Susan? Is it B, Joan? Or is it C, Anne? Susan, Joan, or Anne? I'm going to go with C. C is not right. It's actually Susan. Oh, that doesn't sound like a Shakespearean no. name at all, yeah. does it? Well, I may have made that one up, too. <laughs> 
Okay, what is the name of the play that Romeo and Juliet is based on? Is it The Tragical History of Romeo and Juliet? Is it Pyramus and Thisbe? Is it Julietta e Romeo? Or is it All of the Above? All of the Above. All of the Above is your answer? That is correct, yes. Okay, what is the name of the flower that Friar Lawrence uses to make the potion for Juliet? Is it the rose? Is it the lily or is it the mallow? A, B, or C? I'm going to say B, the lily. B, the lily. No. No, that's incorrect. Yeah, it was actually C, the mallow. Oh, okay. Mallow. I I see that and I think of marshmallow. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, okay. What is the name of the poetic form that Shakespeare uses for most of the dialogue in Romeo and Juliet? Is it A, the sonnet? Is it B, blank verse? Or is it C, free verse? A, B, or C? And this is iambic pentameter fits into this. Oh, uh, blank verse? Blank verse, that would be correct, yes. Blank verse, you know, and uh, he uses like free verse, which means it doesn't rhyme, right? right. The, the couplets don't rhyme. Gotcha. So you hear that all the time in ba 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 ba. What light through yonder window breaks. <laughs> that kind of. Yet. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, Doris, we're saying you won. Very <laughs> good. Good for you. So let's uh, talk about something that, uh, Kevin, I know you've been intimately involved in, but Doris, you are also mm-hmm. involved in this. Yes. And that is the chorus. You said it was a, a great big show. It was mm-hmm. a. A giant show. I assume that means lots of people, right? So there's a lot of chorus singing in this opera. Who wants to take the lead and talk about your involvement and preparation for that? I think if I've got my numbers right, there's 20 men and 20 women in Mm -hmm. the chorus. I think that's correct. Um, Luckily for this show, each one of them only have one look. Uh, in some shows, they'll have multiple looks, which means then that can... So at this point, I've got 40 costumes that I'm fitting for the chorus. I have had shows where the women have had two, which then that takes that to 40, and the men have two to three. So it can be upwards of 80 to 100 costumes that I have to fit wow. and alter for production. So this one, they only have one look each, which is nice, and so it's 40 costumes, and that's just for the chorus. That does not include any of our principals who are not here yet. Well, that sewing machine in in Kevin's office is getting a lot of use, I imagine. It's it's humming right (laughs) along. (laughs) Yeah, Kevin, you want to talk a little bit about what they sing in preparing this chorus for the production? Sure. Um, One thing that I love about the Toledo Opera Chorus is that, and I keep telling them this, they are the face of Toledo Opera. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we we have principals coming in from all over. We we try to bring in uh, people from other productions. You know, like uh, Catherine and Zach have been here a number of times, so people start to recognize them and and put them together with Toledo Opera as well. But the chorus are are the the, the backbone. You know, they're the the they're the people who live here. They're the people that you will see on stage with every production that you see. Everywhere from um, we have a retired chiropractor to a couple engineers to school teachers to students at Bowling Green and and Toledo um, that all come together because they love to sing. Yeah, they love to tell stories. Also, police officers. Uh, police officers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. detective. Yes, uh, yes. It's it's pretty amazing. It, <laughs> it, really, it is. really is. It's um, and they each bring you know their own 
special background from their careers, but also the fact that they just on the side love to sing. Right. It's so interesting. And, you know, I was going through the opera the audience guide that is on mm-hmm. the website at Toledo Opera. It's very, very uh, thorough yes. and interesting. I would encourage anybody to look at that opera guide, not just to go to this production of the opera, but for the opera in general and for the story in general. Uh, one of the questions that uh, is proposed in the opera guide is sort of interactive. You know, you write a review, supposedly, oh, after okay. you see the opera, that kind of thing. One of the questions was, what surprises you the most about this opera? And, you know, that's a question that fascinates me. I wonder, Kevin, you're smiling. Maybe you can... I'm smiling only because I have a friend who loves all Shakespeare and loves Romeo and Juliet and hates this opera. Uh-huh. And I said, how can you? The, the music is so incredible. It, it heightens even the great drama of Shakespeare to, to epic proportions. He goes, yeah, but they sing a duet at the end. <laughs> you know? he goes, Everybody just, dies and they it, sing a duet. I said, it's, it's an opera. They've got to, the, the, the two lovers have to sing a duet. He yeah. said, maybe if Shakespeare actually saw the opera that he might have changed the ending to fit that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I just, that's the one thing that always rings true to me. It's like, yeah, you know, there is, there are differences between the play and the opera. Yeah. And that's just one of them that always just strikes it's me. It's a as, suspension of disbelief, yes, right? Yeah. That happens more in the opera stage than the theater stage. What do you say, Doris? One of the things that um, some people are amazed at that have maybe never been to the opera before is that we do not use any mics. And if people are used to going to like musical theater, to the Broadway shows and things like that, every single person is mic'd uh, from the chorus all the way up. And a lot of people are really amazed with the fact that this is their natural voices, that there's no, you know, they do not mic the opera singers, and they find that to be amazing. Yeah, and and especially in the Valentine Theater, which Mm -hmm. is a perfect size for Mm -hmm. people to hear these glorious voices. Right, right. I think it's a wonderful point. Well, we don't have much time left, but we do have one more quiz to go. Oh, and, boy. I guess it's, and this I'm is up, for huh? you, Kevin. And, and a lot of this has, uh, you know, opera arias in, in French. And we should mention this is being done, sung in French, yes. right? But you have super titles yes. as, as usual. So uh, sort of following that convention, I'm going to say the names of the arias in English, right? Okay. Uh, when, when it comes up. So the first question is, actually, I'll get a little music here. That sounds very operatic, yeah. Yes. Very, yes. <laughs> okay. Disco opera. What is the name of the waltz song that Juliet sings in the first act? Is it A, Ah, I Want to Live, or is it B, Oh, Divine Night, or is it C, God, What a Thrill? <laughs> Those are all... <laughs> Those all are all of the uh, above. Uh, <laughs> it's A. It's A, yes, indeed. Congratulations oh, to you on that. Okay, second question. What is the name of the character who is Romeo's friend and a poet? <laughs> and we said goodbye to him just a few minutes ago. Sydney Outlaw. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> that would be, uh, oh, I have to give you the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> options. Is it Mercutio, is it Benvolio, or is it Tybalt? It is A. A, yes. Okay. What is the name of the aria that Romeo sings in the second act after he climbs over the wall of the Capulet's garden? Is it Love, Love? Is it Ah, Rise, Sun? Or is it Hail, Dark, and Silent Tomb? 
That would cut the story short right there. <laughs> what do you well, say? Um, love, love, because he starts with uh, l'amour, l'amour, but it actually is uh, B, isn't it? Yeah, it's B. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Whoops, I hit the wrong button. There we go. Yes, rise fair sun and blot out the envious moon, as Shakespeare says. Okay. What is the name of the character who is Juliet's cousin and Romeo's enemy? Is it Benvolio, is it Tybalt, or is it Stefano? A, B, or C? B. Yes. I love it in French. Tybalt. (laughs) Tybalt. Somehow your your French sounds a little more violent than what I'm used to. He's a violent guy, you know. That's true. What is the name of the duet that Romeo and Juliet sing in the third act before they part at dawn? Is it Go, I Have Forgiven You? Is it O Pure Happiness? Or is it No, It Is Not the Day? A, B, or C? C. <laughs> Did you, were you I, considering I was, something else? No, I was considering B. Um, okay. Or Pour Bonheur. See, my French is a lot less violent than yours. <laughs> It's it is l- good to have nonviolent French. Yes. Okay, what is the name of the character who is a young page and sings a mocking song in the fourth act? Is it Mercutio? <laughs> is it Tybalt? Or is it <laughs> Stefano? C. Yeah. Stefano. Um, okay, next question. What is the name of the aria that Juliet sings in the fourth act before she drinks the potion that will make her appear dead? Is it Ah, I Want to Live? Well, we already did that. Is it O Divine Night or is it Love Revive My Courage? Courage. Mm. <laughs> Here I am. That was Courage. a yeah. That was sort <laughs> there of. There we a, go. Doing the violent French again. I mean, it is C. It is C indeed. Courage. Love revive my courage. Okay. What is the name of the character who tries to stop the feud between the Montagues and the Capulets? Is it Count Paris? Is it the Duke of Verona, or is it Gertrude, A, B, or C? It's B, Le Duc, Le Duc. Yes, the Duke of Verona. You're just cleaning up here, Kevin. Yes, That's great. yes. Okay, what is the name of the duet that Romeo and Juliet sing in the fifth act after Romeo wakes up in the tomb and sees Juliet alive? Is it Night of the Wedding? Is it Go, I Have Forgiven You? Or is it O Pure Happiness? A, B, C? or C. The actual answer is B. Va, je te pardonne. Oh, yes, oh, oh. go, I have forgiven you. <laughs> yeah. Final question. This is a chance for redemption, Kevin. Okay. Okay. okay, what is the name of the opera that Gounod's Romeo and Juliet is based on, written by another French composer in 1776? Is it Romeo et Juliette by Hector Berlioz? Is it Romeo et Juliette by Daniel Auber? Auber? Or is it Romeo et Juliet by Nicholas Dallayrac? <laughs> you can tell I talk on the radio, right? <laughs> Nicholas Dallayrac, something like that. I'd say C. <laughs> the answer is C. Yay. Yes, indeed. And Kevin, you totally cleaned up on that. We need to get him a trophy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you have the... Uh, the the good feeling of having appeared on the podcast. Oh, that is the that is <laughs> reward enough. Yes, indeed. Well, that is all the time that we have today. I do want to thank uh, Sydney Outlaw for joining us earlier, and Kevin Bilsma and Doris Piercefield. Thank you guys for joining us and talking a little bit about Romeo and Juliet. Thanks, Brad. Fun.
You've been listening to Opera Out of the Box, a co-production of WGTE Public Media and Toledo Opera, a sponsor of programs on WGTE. You can learn more at their website, toledoopera.org. I'm your host, Brad Cresswell. Thanks for joining us today here on Opera Out of the Box.